podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's Andy Campbell! It's in! Campbell comes off the bench to be a hero! A superhero! Hey guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Football Show. And this is episode number 54. The show is live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter, hopefully. Ace Podcast Nation is also the home to many great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please give us a follow on social media and uh, of course subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's the best way and the most direct way to support the channel, the show. And uh, you can find the links to all of those uh, those fantastic things in the description below and uh, in the end credits at the end of the show. And, uh, of course, you can find the show's social media pages at AC Footy Show everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, the works. And, of course, as usual, I would like to uh, thank our sponsors, Give a big shout out to Black Diamond Sport for all their support. They're a global sports agency which represents sports stars around the world. For more information, you can visit their social media pages. Also in the description and in the end credits. And a massive thank you to Darren Ralston and Bespoke Financial for sponsoring the show. And we're just going to have a quick word from them before we get going. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if Mummy or Daddy got sick then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Yeah, and we thank Bespoke and uh, Darren for uh, sponsoring the show, of course. They... uh, specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages and sports cover. So uh, again, big thanks to them. Uh, so as we get mm-hmm. uh, get along to it and we're going to talk football and uh, lots of other stuff, I am delighted to welcome, first of all, my usual co-host, the goal collector, the fox in the box, Mr. Andrew Campbell, ex of City and Middlesbrough legend. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, ready. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one. This is uh, this is a show which uh, it's like the people's champion that uh, our guest tonight has been uh, is is just everyone's desperate to have you on, mate. So I'm really excited for it, and uh, and I can't wait for all the questions and uh, and all the feedback and some of the stories because I've uh, I've heard and I've seen good things. So really excited. Indeed, it's going to be good. Um, so of course tonight's guest. Thanks for that, Andy. That's so all right. Good build up, that one. That's the you. nicest nicest thing you're going to get for the next oh. hour and a half. 
So tonight's guest, of course, he started his professional career at the biggest club in the world, Manchester United. He cut his football. He cut his <laughs> footballing teeth under arguably the greatest manager of all time in Alex Ferguson. And then he went on to win titles and well and the Welsh Cup with the biggest club in Wales and has also been a manager himself, making over 200 appearances in the Football League, played for Republic of Ireland at various levels. We're delighted to welcome Mr. Derek Brazil. How are you, mate? The people's champion. Thank you very much. People's, people's champion. champion. Good, aren't good, aren't it? I'm good, actually. Glad, glad to be finally on the show. Ooh, yeah. that's a, that was a dig, that. That's a dig. I know that. Uh, if there's any consolation, I've been saying to Andy probably for about six months, we, we should ask Derek. He said, nah, I don't want him. Don't want him. Fair one. You know, what can we do, mate? I, Big pressure following Emil, Emil Heskey, mind. Yeah, no pressure. Oh, no pressure. Just, same just ramp, same ramping up, mate. Same goals. Same build. Same pace, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we're ramping up, mate. The, 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 the guests are just getting bigger and better. That's what it is. It's like the, me, then. the main event. Well, you know. Um, what's his name? Who's next after me? Oh, I'm not going to say that name just in case he ends up coming on. <laughs> <laughs> that's good so, yeah. on, really good. it is really, good really, it's going to be a good yeah. one I'm enjoying it um, enjoying it already after my technical glitches before we started so uh, Derek what we'd like to do to start us off get, let the people get to know you a bit is uh, the Magnificent Seven quick fire questions just got to answer the first thing which comes to mind so uh, let's have a look what we've got Derek Brazil Magnificent Seven Messi or Ronaldo Ronaldo every time Cardiff or Swansea <laughs> really? I've got to ask you, aren't you? Ex Swansea player. Favourite TV show? Anything with football on it. Angriest teammate? Paul Ramsey. Best roommate? Russell Beardsmore at Man United. Best, uh, sorry, worst trainer? Phil Stant. The greatest Irishman that ever lived. Me da. What an answer. See, Great that's answer. How you, that is how you do quick fire questions. Yeah. You answer them quickly. Oh. Bang, no, go on. no one else seems to get that. But there we go. Um, well, on, that note, on, on that note then, Derek, you know what I mean? Sorry to, uh, to put in there. No, you so you, you, you mentioned your dad. He was, he, was, well, he was something that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and I know we're going to do any other business, but it like, just seems a perfect time to, to throw it in. that um, Family played a a big role in your life and a big role in um, sport in general, that your dad was a, a superstar in the sporting world. Your brother played football as well. So tell, tell the viewers about, um, about your family upbringing in, in sport and especially your dad. Well, my dad, my dad was a decent footballer um, so much. He played for Shamrock Rovers in, uh, in Dublin. And at the age of um, 17, 18, he went to Blackburn uh, for a month's trial. Uh, they wanted to sign him. Uh, but he missed me mass so much that he went home. And my grandfather turned around and said to me, Dad, who was obviously going out with me ma, said, you stupid idiot, or some words like that, get back over to England and make a career. And he said, no. He said, I, I don't want to go. I, I, miss, I miss your daughter, my mother. And I came after that. So I was the product of me dad coming back. Mm -hmm. So he was, he was he's such a big influence on my life still um i mean i played gaelic football from the age of 10 to 13 so i didn't actually play 
soccer, football, till I was 13 years of age. And he had a, he had a big influence on asking me to, he said, why don't you play football? And um, he's always been a big influence. He was, he was, he, he acted as my agent when I was with Ron Atkinson when I signed for Man United. Uh, when I turned down Man City, Chelsea and Tottenham. Uh, he was, wasn't such an influence then, but he made, let me made my own mind up, you know, and uh, anyone who's met me, Dar, and I'm sure there's loads of people watching us on Facebook. He, he, I, my dad's unique, and I know a lot of people can say that about their dads, but he is unique. If you meet him once, you'll never forget him. He's one of them. So he's, he's that's why I say he's uh, here, you know. What a, lovely, what a lovely tribute, though. What, what, what a lovely thing to say, you know, that, you know, I mean, we all, um, and I think... I think lockdown especially has, has made us all realise how important family is. But um, I think especially sometimes when you play sport and um, and, I, and I found that a little bit that, that uh, when you're uh, away from home and you move away and you're, and you're in a, um, a different country and you don't see people as much and you, and you rely on people, you know what I mean? You, yes, you can pick the phone up, but it's not the same. And, I, I, and you know what I mean? You, you, sometimes you just need to go and have a pint with your dad or just have a cuddle with your mum. Yeah. Family plays such a, a huge role. Uh, and I just hope that um, lockdown has brought families close together. And, and you know, I mean, those who are really unfortunate, yeah, lose loved ones. Particularly my family. My man, dad, they're in their 70s now. And um, my ma is, I'll tell you a little story later on when, we, when you go about my career and stuff. But my ma's the rock of the whole family. Uh, she she's very quietly quietly gives her advice and I remember the day when I was 17 I went to West Ham I was going for a month's trial um, and it was in the days believe it or not that I'd never been on a plane by the time I was 17 I'd never been on my own doing that we just used to go to Butlins in Ireland and that was it and I remember being on the plane going to London and everyone was smoking on the plane that's how <laughs> long ago it was people were just smoking away and I thought this is the strangest thing ever but my ma, I mean, my, I've got, I've got three brothers and a sister. And when I went away, my my sister was five at the time, and now she's like, well, nearly, well, four, nearly thirty-five, thirty-eight, or something like that. With two kids. But I was only thinking the other day when I left home at seventeen, my ma and I were in the forties, and it's really weird to think when I was in my forties what I was thinking, and yeah. would I allow my son to go away? It's really hard to think, but the two of them been, they've been so helpful. And, and, and lockdown, they've dis- discovered Zoom mm-hmm. and like the whole thing. They've discovered so many things in lockdown, which is Zoom and and WhatsApp videos and stuff like that. And you know, I'm I'm hoping to go and see them in September, which which would be yeah, uh, great stuff. It'd be great, you know. Yeah, but you can't wait. But you can't wait. It's a long old time, isn't it? Yeah, there, it's, yeah. it's been it's been a long yeah. time. Like mm. great start, so, great start of the show. That I like that. I like yeah. That. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to make you tell the uh, the story about you signing for Man United again in a minute, just because even though we talked about it on the last time you come on, it's just such a good story, and you are the king of storytellers. So, going to do it. I'm just going to make you repeat it. But um, so before we go into you, uh, Derek, what we'd like to do is any other business, we just talk about some of the stories um, going around for the week. And um, if anybody's seen Twitter, though, by the way, so they already know what's coming. To rip people's to heads pop. off. He's not happy. Not happy. I'm not happy. I like. Look, I got no dog in the fight whatsoever. I don't give two hoots whether Huddersfield Town go up, down, sideways. I don't care. But before the Cowley brothers come in, Huddersfield were down, and they were going down fast. Um, so they were brought in to steady the ship, to to repair the season, to save the season. 
And they did that. They kept them up, unless there's a 10-0, I think it's got to be, or something tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, and they've binned them off with a game to go. Now, all right, if at the end, end of the season they want to say, thanks for, you know, you did your job, thanks for coming in, thanks for saving the season, we're going to go in a different direction, I still would be like, mm, it's not a great look, but it's fair enough. But by doing it before the end of the season, I think it just it gives football such a like a grimy feel. And they're not the only ones. Nigel Pearson gone from Watford, pretty well, my, much. My, my, my point with that one, side for me is is timing of things. So Watford waited to sack Nigel Pearson after Bournemouth lost against Southampton, which meant they're more or less safe. Yeah. Well, the Cowley brothers just beat West, the, West, West, West Brom. That's, that's my point. So, why, like, why, why a chairman? If, 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 if the plan was to sack Nigel Pearson, for example, sack him after he got beat by West Ham. You got beat by West Ham on, um, on Friday night. Was it 3-1 or whatever it was? Sack him then. You know what I mean? And then, and then people, I can, just, I can swallow it a little bit. It can be justified. Mm. But it just doesn't make, it doesn't make mathematical sense. It doesn't make ethical sense yeah. to me no. to sack managers um, with... with uh, after results, after after league positions, you know this is a doggy dog world, by the way, and this is a it's a difficult position um, that managers are in. You know, it's not an easy job. You know what I mean? The devil will tell you later on about being a manager. It's it's and it's not a it's not a nice job. You know what I mean? You own, you win a game, you can't enjoy it. You know, and, um, and Nigel Pearson's been there, wore the t-shirt. You know, and it's just so I'm I'm gutted for him because he's next teammate of mine. He's my my old captain of Middlesbrough. And I, I think he deserved a little bit more respect on what he's been given. Me. He did. Um... Derek just took a tumble, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Derek's doing gymnastics live on TV. I don't know what, don't know what happened there. It's just, I'm trying to charge my phone, boys, because it's... I'm up, uh, there you are. How's that? It'll get a bit better, because I'm charging my phone. I've got the worst phone ever. Look at it. Oh, my God. God, I can hear you. So, what I don't get about it, the, the, the Nigel Pearson thing and the Cowley brothers, is... I think they deserve a bit more respect than that for the jobs they did. They kept their respective clubs up. And the thing is, like, what was the need to sack them yesterday before or before Wednesday in Huddersfield? Like, what possible difference does that make other than it's going to probably irritate the fans and the team, the players? Yeah. Because the players obviously were still playing for them because they just beaten yeah. second in the league. I totally agree. Um, I think it's, totally it's just all round bad luck. And then they've been today. They've made an approach for Leeds United's under twenty three manager, who's also the assistant manager. So it's clearly a, like they're looking for a, a man, a new manager to play play a certain way. But I don't feel as if they. I feel like they could have waited until after the season was complete. You know, it's two days. Um, just give them the respect they deserve. I think though, I think what the, you can look at the positives as well, though, for the Cowley brothers. I think, I think uh, Lincoln City did a great job. Huddersfield, I see what they've just, what they've still done as a success. They've, they've saved the club from, for me, was sure relegation. Um, so I'm sure that they'll get another opportunity um, next time around, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm quite positive they'll get a really good job. You know, I mean, there's quite a lot of jobs coming available. Bristol City, Birmingham. I'm not sure what's happening in Middlesbrough. You know, so the, there's quite a few jobs which potentially would suit those two down the ground. Um, and then they go from there, you know. So they've, uh, they're still. I think. I think the glass is still half full for those two, and I think they've got an opportunity to uh, to progress, to be really, really good managers, and, and see this as a as a stepping stone rather than a negative. Yeah, um, and uh, like I said to you yesterday, and it'll be interesting um, 
and obviously Derek, you're a Man United fan. Be interesting to see if Manchester United stick by David De Gea after he's had a terrible season. And the fact is, he stuck with them for what six years, seven years of them being not very good. Him being their Player of the Year every season. Will they show him the loyalty? Which I know he nearly left, but after since since that fax machine incident, he's been. He's kept his gob shut and he's just gone with it and he's been exceptional. Now, this season he's been rubbish. Will they show him the same loyalty? I don't think so, but we'll see. What do you well, reckon, Dale? To be honest, right, I, I've listened to TalkSport on and off today and there's more talk about how De Gea, what De Gea did than actually giving Chelsea credit. Yeah. yeah. So, it's like, oh, De Gea's done this, De Gea's done that. You know, I mean, I think no one wants to be a goalkeeper, do they? Because no. you, you're, you're more, you never, you're more a, like a, a villain more than a hero most of the time, because you make mistakes. But I think De Gea will be stood by by Solskjaer. I'll be surprised because if he if he drops him for the next two games, what does that say to his career at United? Mm. And bearing in mind, you know, United were 19 unbeaten with De Gea in goal. Mm. So he had an off day yesterday. I know he's made more mistakes recently than than usual, but. He had an off day yesterday, but he wasn't the only one. And to be honest, yeah, but, but on, that, on, on, on that point, there, Derek, I agree. With you. On, on that point, though, that he had an off day. A few of the players had an off day, but also the manager had an off day by the, with his team selection because he changed Terrible. the team around. Needless you know I mean? change. Uh, he, now, he changed. He changed the team where Frank Lampard kept his his, his tried and tested. It was a semi final FA Cup. Every player, regardless of tiredness, wants to play in an FA Cup final, semi final. So at Wembley. So yeah. for Do me, you think he tried to be too clever? United have been flying. Yeah. And to change the system that they haven't played in the last 19 games shows that he feared Chelsea. It should be the other way around. Well, they've been... beaten Chelsea four to three times this year. Yeah. I mean, I well, think you, Solskjaer yeah. admitted he picked the wrong team, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. He but, did, uh, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But you, the thing is, though, the thing is, though, you, and I know, I know they're going for that holy grail, you know what I mean? They've been on a really good run. You know, In hindsight, they'll have probably dropped a few points in the league and, and gone down the FA Cup route as their route to get to where they want to, where they want to achieve. But for me, you're that close away from achieving something. Players, you don't get tired at the stage of the season. Here's you a know? question. Had... Do you think they just had a three months crowd break. There, crowds there yesterday, do you think you would have played his strongest team? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think you so. know, 100%. And, and, and if he didn't... He'd have known about it by half time, and he'd have made subs earlier oh. because I'd have done it in the first half because it's it's it was criminal what he did, and unfortunately or fortunately, fans vote with their mouths, and he'll have been told in no, no certain certain circumstances that he made the wrong choice, and and he's had an absolute shocker. But there'll be no there'll be no nobody more hurt than 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 Ollie today after after watching the game again and realizing which team he should have picked, which tactics he should have gone with. But too late now, you know what I mean? You'll, when he watches the FA Cup final. Hopefully, United have got that Champions League place because if they haven't, he'll look back and it could uh, massively haunt him. He's put all his eggs in there, hasn't he? He's put all yeah, his eggs it. in that basket, I think. Yeah, um, it. it better work out for him. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, for me, like I know there's no loyalty in football. But, you know, people say it all the time about players, don't they? But I think it's got to go both ways. And um, I think clubs show as little loyalty as what players do, um, especially to managers. Managers just. You'd, you're like well, literally a couple like of losses Cowley, and you're done, aren't you? Cowley, it's Cowley brothers, Nigel Pearson. There's got to be something more going on in there. And you find that I think both of their chairmen 
are a little bit uh, hot-headed in many ways that they they're, yeah. they're quite reactionary, or if that's the word, or reactive. Yeah. Well, I was that. I was reading the um, sorry to interrupt you, Dal. I was I was reading the, the the Huddersfield comments in response to the post announcing it from the Huddersfield fans, and a lot of them seemed to be indicating that the chairman, you know, was basically trying to save money, and um, but also they seemed to think that the Cowley brothers, um, they their basic plan was to to stay up, playing you know not great football, but stay up, and then in the summer have be given some money to spend to to you know to play a bit more expansive next year and push the club towards the Premier League. Now the fans' uh-huh. opinion the fans' opinion seems to be that um, you know they've gone to the chairman and said right this is the plan for the summer or for the break, and he's gone nope no money available. And he's binned them off where they've had a big row. Whether that's true, but so how's, how's that? How's that saving them money? Because they've got to pay so more off. Well, you've got to pay people off. The season's starting again in a month. The transfer window's opening again in a month, or well, it's opening again in a, in a few weeks. So it's not saving any money mm. at all whatsoever. And if that's a, if that's an excuse just to get rid of a manager, for me, I'd, I think he deserves a little bit more respect. They both do uh, in terms of. When, they, when he took over that job, they were absolutely doomed. They were bottom of the league. They'd had, they'd had no points. They hadn't won for probably a season and a half. You know what I mean? It was, it was drastic. You know what I mean? He had no points. It makes you think that the decision was made before the West Brom game because they've gone and beaten West Brom 2-1. I totally agree. makes no sense, does it? Totally agree. So the decision it, has been made maybe two or three weeks looks, ago. And this is where it looks a bit laughable, though, because you know what I mean? they were, the chairman then is probably hoping that they get beaten that game because then the decision is justified. Got an excuse. Where now it just looks the most stupid decision ever because next season Huddersfield could do a bit better, of course they could, but you know what the championship's like. You know what I mean? We've all watched it for years and we've watched it very closely. But you've got to, you've got to, you've got to speculate, speculate to accumulate. And you've got to spend some money and buy the right players in this league to um, to emulate. Because you look at the teams coming down next year. Uh, Norwich, if they don't sell, they're going to be strong. Uh, Villa, mm-hmm. if they'll sell Grealish, get fifty million quid in and probably invest that back in the team. Um, Bournemouth will probably keep the whole squad. You know what I mean? They'll probably lose a few players, but they'll they'll they'll, they'll keep the right nucleus. They're going to be strong those three teams. And then you've got oh, it's just it's going to be the hardest league ever. That's why it's, it's the, the best top, league ever to get out of. Ten, the top ten teams in in top ten to twelve teams in the league mm-hmm. have all had chances of getting in the playoffs. So that's yeah, how totally. strong the championship is already with those without them coming down. Well, here's a, here's a question for you then. So before um, I'll go deep into lockdown then. So when lockdown finally um, or finally came came and got us, um, did you did you both think that on Wednesday night you'd be thought talking about Cardiff City again in the playoffs? No. Honestly, no. no, I didn't. I thought no, they because having having watched off. them, I watched them every home game. Obviously working there with Gary Bell. Yeah, having watched them every home game, they were kind of just drifting mid-table towards the end of the season. Yeah, totally and then good. they come back. You know, I've seen a few of the players before, you know, during lockdown, out and about. Um, and I think the first result they had was Leeds and they beat them, which was a shock, probably to the Cardiff City players as well. Then we go to Preston and beat them. Then I think we drew a child in a home. So that initial impetus is kind of given us that. If we, if we hadn't beaten Leeds in the, you know, Leeds and Preston away, two tough games, we wouldn't be in, we wouldn't be in the position we are now. Oh, no, I totally agree. And it's given us that impetus straight away to hang on. We're in that position now. Let's hang on in there. You know, bear in mind we've had what two defeats? Is it two defeats since the Charlton game? Yeah, the one. Isn't so, it? Yeah, that's only one. Is that only one? Uh, 
Blackburn and Fulham away. Oh, Come yeah, on, boys. Fulham, of course. Fulham, of course. Yeah. Fulham away, yeah. Re yeah. Research, boys. Research. Yeah. I, um, I think, I, I think, though, I think... I think defensively, you know what I mean, the, the, the needs, you know what I mean, I looked at the Middlesbrough game at the weekend and, and for long periods they looked like Middlesbrough were never going to score but then all of a sudden it's just switching off at the wrong times and, and the Fulham game, yeah. you know what I mean, getting bullied by Mitrovic, um, you know what I mean, and, and for me, and I've said this on the show on the Friday, that um, that's, they're my biggest danger for me, you know what I mean, regardless of, you know what I mean, because Wednesday is, is it's not D-Day at all, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's important because you're going to get in the playoffs but that's when the real pressure stuff starts and and the real games come to because the big players, the big players have to step up. Then there's no point getting well, the playoffs and then, it, and then and then crumble. Look at the four teams above us. Sorry, you say look look at the three teams above us. Say West Brom do win and go up. The three teams above us in terms of Brentford, Notts Forest, and, and Fulham. You know, I, I look at that and I think, okay, you know, maybe, but we've got to be at our top top form yeah. to Can't beat make any either mistakes. of them over two legs and win the game. I mean. They, those three teams in particular have been better than us all season. Yeah. Brentford so is the one for me. A big, a big. I mean, I was hoping Brentford would win on the weekend that we would yeah, get West so Brom. Was that, so was that. Yeah. against West Brom over two legs. Yeah, so would I. Well, I think I think they're they're not in very good form. You know what I mean? So I think you know I mean, they've had a, they've had a terrible lockdown. Uh, ah. and I, <laughs> Sorry, I'm back, boys. They've had no, a terrible I, lockdown. Go on. Just, they've had a terrible lockdown, and I just think. Um, I just think it was just a, a, a one. Well, uh, well, hopefully it's not a one-off result for Brentford because you know what I mean. Because then it's uh, they're going to have a. I think the pressure got to them a little bit. They did, but but then the pressure is going to get them in the playoffs as well. And same as Cardiff, you know what I mean. The games notoriously in the, in the playoffs aren't very good games, but with no fans there, the good players are stepping up a little bit. And I seen mm. Cardiff at the weekend against Middlesbrough, and uh, attacking wise, Lee Tomlin. Um, I, I just thought they were, I just thought they were excellent going forward. I thought they were fantastic breaking away. Um, counter counter attacking football, Mendes Lang. I, I just thought they were really really strong, and um, but they need that. They need that more and more and more. Forget Wednesday. Wednesday is important, yes, but it's it's moving forward. It's 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 the playoffs because they are definitely they're definitely going to get there. Over the my worry, the my worry is that Cardiff lose uh, Wednesday and Swansea yeah. win, but I think luckily Hull are pretty much. I know mathematically they think they can stay up, but. The problem down. Hull got Sai. The problem Hull have got. Hull have got to win three or four nil. So they've got to they've got to change their tactics. They can't sit and defend and defend and defend yeah. and nick a goal last minute because it's no good for them. Side they've got to go and attack. There. And the problem they've got is when they attack is they can't they can't keep keep anything else. So they've got to the the they're in a cast twenty two situation. One goal for Cardiff, and you've got the win and the draw. So it's, it'd, be, it'd be such a Cardiff thing to go, do. Going back to your question, Andy, is that. Before lockdown, did I see us in this position? If, if someone had said to us before lockdown, you've just got to beat Hull at home in your last game to get in the playoffs all day long. And we're, yes. we're, we're in that position off. now. And, yeah, and, and, and you know what? Every single player would have as well, Del, because every single player yeah. would, be, would, would have dreamed about this, this scenario because they were so far off. They weren't playing great. They weren't playing with confidence. They probably didn't look as fit as they've done. So lockdown's done them some serious good. You know what I mean? I look at some other clubs that don't look as fit. Um, Joe Rawls, for example. He looks like a, a man possessed, running all over, mm -hmm. getting stuck in, winning his battles. And obviously, he was struggling with a hip injury. So, it's the little things, Harry Kane, you know what I mean, in the Premier League. So it's, it's, it's I think, with, I think with our players, favor. Andy, with our City boys, is on any day, if we play well, we, we've shown that we can beat any team in the league. You know, having beaten Leeds, who are just promoted as champions, you know, we won 2-0 comfortably in my eyes. Yeah. But on the day, if our players perform... We can win a two-leg. We can win, uh, you know, a playoff final. 
But we need all their players to be actually on song. Yeah. He's got to get his you know, selection right as me, well, I think. From Tomlin, we haven't got that one standout star. If you no. look at the likes of Fulham, they've got two or three. Mm. You know, Brentford, two or three. Mm. So everyone's got to be on it and, and, and you need luck yeah. as well. You need all that luck as well in those games. Yeah, yeah, Lee Lee makes a fantastic point there. Is if you look at the the teams which are in the playoff places now, the four teams is Cardiff have got a massive experience uh, advantage over all of the other teams in terms of playing in the playoffs. Um, like Brentford, I don't think have done a great deal of playoff uh, playoff mm-hmm. games. So hope you know you'd like to think that that will help. But you just, you know, you just, it's on the day. It's getting the tactics right, getting the team right. I was very, very happy to see Josh Murphy come on early um, because of an injury and score two goals because he has taken some grief. And even on Saturday, when um, there was a few people on like Twitter giving him grief when they, when, you know, they announced the substitution and they was tagging him into it, abusing him. And he was going after the game, he was liking all the abuse tweets which people had abused him in which I thought was quite funny but you know on his day he's quality but he hasn't been consistent enough I think um, and he's, he's very him, frustrating um, confident I think that it was only Middlesbrough as well though wasn't it so it doesn't really matter it doesn't really matter. Well, that's, it. that's it look <laughs> at him now it was only Middlesbrough yeah come on the Bluebirds on Saturday are they still in the league, Middlesbrough? Are they? Yeah. On Saturday, the, the league, the league lies anyway. The league lies. Yeah. On Saturday, he was like this: "Come on, Middlesbrough! As soon as the game finished, get in Cardiff." Uh, couldn't wait. I couldn't uh, lose. Couldn't lose, could I? Yeah. Many hats. Many so, hats. Right, just before we uh, we move on, I just want to touch on a couple of other things. We mentioned um, United, Dal, so we'll kind of stay with that, and we'll go with the FA Cup final, FA Cup semi-finals, and obviously we know who the final is now. Um, we Man United got their tactics wrong. They weren't very good. Chelsea were very good. Were you surprised by uh, Arsenal? Didn't watch it. Well, they beat Man City 2 0. So yeah, that tells you all you need to do. When I, when I seen the result, I didn't actually watch the game, but when I seen the result, I was shocked. Very. Absolutely shocked because Arteta, though, is, is going the right way there for me. Mm. I mean, he hasn't got all the players he wants, but he's, he's changed. He's changed the way they look. They look harder to score against. He's got players playing in the, probably in the right positions as well, in terms of, like, you know, he's, he's got David Luiz playing well now, which is, mm. that's a miracle in itself. Yeah, he, was, he was excellent, uh, though, to be fair. He was, he was playing with confidence. He's, the way he talks yeah. as well after the game, you know what I mean? The, everyone speaks so highly of Arteta, the way that he's, he's trying to implement these things. And, and with a transfer window of bringing in his own his own players and his structure. He, he could be a top-top manager. You know, he's, he's, this is he's learned he from and I think, the best yeah, manager be, in the world. I mean, haven't beaten... I mean, I spoke, I spoke to an Arsenal fan today and he said, we beat the two best teams probably in our league, or so definitely in the league, and probably in Europe. Hmm. They beat Liverpool 2-1 and they beat Man City 2-0 when no one gave them a chance. Well, we just talked there uh, about consistency of Josh Murphy. I think Arsenal's biggest problem is they can't be consistent. They no. one like on Saturday they defensively looked very solid, but three or four games ago they looked like they could lose by numerous amount of goals every mm. game. They, uh, I think you know Arteta's a young manager, so they, you know it's, it's going to take a bit of time for him to really uh, kind of get you know get get what he wants implemented. 
But he's got a chance though, sir. He's got some, he's got some good young players. He's got Tierney from yeah, Celtic. Have... Back. Oh, it was, it was excellent. Sacco, excellent. If Bamiyang, I think stays, he'll go. If, I do. if he stays, he's got. He does need to shift a few, doesn't Andy? Yeah. He needs to shift a few. Oh, so 100%, he can yeah. Get a bit of get a bit of money because I don't yeah. know where the money's coming from no. to actually get some players in. Yeah, he has so. to. But you know, I mean, same thing again though. If uh, if you would you would never expected them to be in the FA Cup final, seeing the semi final. So you know, no. I mean, he's got himself in his first year as a manager. He's he's in an FA Cup final against Chelsea. You know what I mean? If he was playing probably Man United or Man City or. Liverpool, I'd have probably said no chance, but Chelsea, Arsenal, mm. it's a flip of a coin, you know. That, that yeah, yeah, I'm probably that. expecting Frank to win, but after what after beating Man City, just anybody can win because no fans going to be there, so it's uh, it's going to be a yeah. going to be a strange FA Cup final. But whoever wins, it will be the will will fully deserve it, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, in one word, uh, we'll start with you, Andy. Who will win the FA Cup final? I can't say that and then say Chelsea can. I've got to say Arsenal. <laughs> Derek, who will win the FA Cup final? Mm-hmm. Chelsea after extra time. Shout. Um, so our next story is, uh, and I want to ask you both this question as ex-professional footballers, both had a little stint in management as well, and doing coaching little, and stuff. Little, little, little. the points for me. <laughs> well, coaching as well. But um, so Jude Bellingham, gone to... Uh, Dortmund, following the likes of uh, Jordan, Jaden Sancho, uh, Rabi Matonda went abroad, um, and other British youngsters who've gone abroad at a very young age, rather than uh, in you know in Bellingham's case going to United, but you know in any big Premier League club. Um, so my kind of my two part question really is: one, is it a good or a bad thing? And two, is this something that the big clubs? Uh, should be concerned by and uh, Derek we'll go to you first mate I think first of all at that age of 17 it's a very brave decision by him to go over there because not just that he's going to be playing in a different league he's going to have to probably learn the language Um, he's probably going to have to you know try and adapt to a different style of play Um, he's probably there's a lot of, he's probably looking at the Jordan Sancho route or Jaden Sancho route. He's probably looking at that because he Bellingham could have had his pick of five or you know five or six top clubs in the Premier League. Yeah. Now it's a big gamble for him, I think, to go out there. But he obviously is a confident boy. Uh, whether his family's moving out there with him in terms of his parents, because I know his dad was involved in the whole negotiations. His brother still plays so, for Birmingham, doesn't he? Yeah. So, but. You know, by the time what he signed, if he's, what, he signs like a five-year contract, is it something like that? For he's yeah, still only going to be what 22, 23? It's crazy, now. So if he does crazy. well, you know, then I'm sure Birmingham have got sell-on clauses as well. So time will tell whether it's a a good move by him. We look at Jaden so, Sancho; they're on about 100 million for him to come back to the Premier League. Um, you know what a gamble he made by leaving Man City. Then Man City wanted to keep him. Left Man City, mm-hmm. now got to come back for big bucks, and there's no reason why Bellingham couldn't do that with with the experience of playing Champions League football for a top European club. Mm-hmm. My only wor- my only worry is, is 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 if people are comparing the two because they're two different, completely different players. Um, yeah. and 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 to think then five years time that Jude's going to come back and and be worth that kind of money. I yeah. hope he is because he's 
he's an English player. He's, he's obviously he's going to put himself in the shop window. Uh, it'll be good for for England under 21s full squad moving forward uh, for the future. Um, same as Derek, though. You know what I mean? It's, it's a big call for a family to make because yeah, I know his dad's definitely been involved in his in his deal. Um, so he's not going to go there on his own. You know what I mean? He's going to go there, family and all. Um, everyone's going to help him there, settle in, learn the language, um, uh, moving into a new house, a new lifestyle, uh, new teammates, and it's going to take him a long time to settle in. Um, and I just hope it works out for him, you know, because people yeah. were saying about Man United going to Man United because you go to Man United, he's not going to play. You know, you, you see the Man United, the players that they're bringing in, Fernandez, Pogba. Um, he wasn't going to play, you know what I mean. So he would have had to get loaned out again to another club. I mean, would he, he wouldn't have got in someone else if he'd have gone to United with the emergence of Mason Greenwood. Hmm. Would he have got in before Greenwood? No. The way they're talking about Mason Greenwood now. Hmm. Yeah, so well, yeah. you've got to look at that and think he wouldn't have yeah. played as much if he'd have gone to Man United. Maybe no. at Dortmund he will. And hmm. is the German league that strong? It's not as strong as the Premier League. Top four, think- five clubs. Are- Good I think, I think, I think they're gonna they're, they're they're bringing him in to give him game time. They're bringing him yeah. in to have him in, in the first team. So if that's sub playing, mixing him in, giving him an opportunity, they're not they're not bringing him in to to, to let him learn his trade. They're well, they want him. To, they want him to be the next Jaden Sancho, don't they? They want to be able to sell him in five years' time for two hundred million or whatever. And yeah. but then for every Jaden Sancho who plays a lot, scores a lot of goals, there's always. There's also guys like uh, Rabi Matonda, who's done exceptionally well at Schalke. I think it's Schalke, isn't it? Um, he's done really well there, but he hasn't played the same amount of games as like Sancho has. He hasn't, um, you know, he's he's taken time to settle. But again, brave decision to go out to foreign country, gamble on your own ability, gamble on the fact that you'll settle and and uh, this, that, and the other. So, do you think it's a good or a bad thing in terms of? Uh, Premier League clubs, should they be worried that these young players more and more seem to be choosing to go abroad rather than sign with them? I think it's a good thing that players are wanting to broaden their horizons, learn a new language, have a different lifestyle. I think that's a really good thing to do. You know, I think uh, as a young player, because he may never come back to England. He might love it out there. He might excel. He might go to another country. I'll show that one. Uh, There we go. Um, But... He's played in the Championship, he's played 45 games or whatever, he's played in the Championship this season and he's had a really good season. Um, so I think he's, he's earned the right this year after playing as a 16-year-old all the way through um, to um, to have a, have, have, a, have a go at the Champions League or have a go somewhere else. So I hope it works out for him, but time will tell. And let's face it, if in a year's time it doesn't work out for him, Man United or whoever will probably yeah. still take him because of his age. He comes back in the championship at the top end of the championship, and he and he goes again, plays week in week out. So, well, you take for, a gamble for the boy, on him, you? For the boy, he's not he's not going to lose out now. So this is for him. It's only going to be a positive. Yes, but for, but for clubs, for English clubs, it's going to be a bad thing because they're going to have to spend double to what Dortmund paid for him. So it's going to cost going to cost English clubs a lot more money now. Uh, so Craig says there. He says, does it say a lot about the Premier League that young players feel there's a better opportunity abroad? We had the, we had the conversation with Emil last week, didn't we, about uh, about players being um, twenty three year olds. I don't know what you think about this, Derek, but twenty three year old and you still haven't made your first team debut. And I just think it's it's just such a waste for for, for players because yeah. you, you get to a certain end of your career, or a certain time in your career where you need to play. And for me, if you've got to 20, 20 year old and you've not played at that certain club, then go and find the level which suits you best. And if that's dropping down a level or two, go and play week in week out and make a name for yourself instead of being. 21, 22, 23, and then falling from a Premier League club 
to no club at all, it must be just absolutely heartbreaking because it's not... 20, 23 is a bit... I mean, I, le- I actually left Man United at 23 mm. because of my lack of first-team games at Man United. I, when Ferguson had offered me another two-year contract to stay, mm. but with the likes of Pallister and Bruce, at the age of 23, I decided to, to go and play league football. You're the so second person, on our, you're, you're the second you know? person, Dell, on our show from Man United who's turned down a contract at Old Trafford to leave to go and get first team football. Yeah, who's the other one? John O'Greenan. John O'Greenan. John O'Greenan, yeah. yeah. Turned yeah, down a so. three-year deal to go to Middlesbrough. Was that? Is that way? Right? Yeah, possibly yeah. Stoke or Middlesbrough. Yeah. I can't remember which yeah, one. Yeah, Middlesbrough. Um, so it is an interesting one. Uh, Richie says there, Gareth Bale is available on free. Uh, I reckon he should come home to Cardiff once we beat Fulham in the playoff final. However, before you answer, I will say Gareth Bale's agent said today that Gareth Bale is not interested in leaving Real Madrid. He will stay for the final year of his contract and see it out. And you know what? If I was him, I would do it as well because they have treated him like absolute garbage. And uh, if I was him, I'd stay out there and take my 500 grand a week as well. There's 650,000 reasons why he's going to stay to the end of his contract. Yeah, and I don't think, judging by what Mehmet Dalman said when he was on the show, little plug for that, um, I don't think Cardiff can afford 600-odd grand a week, even if they pay half of it. He'll end up in China or America. It's the only place he can go, unless he goes to Man City, Man United and Adidas foot the bill. It's the only way. But you, you look at the story, though, fellas. For me, it's um, it's just an impossibility. And it's like, why why would he want to put extra pressure on himself? The career he's had. He comes back to the Premier League. He comes back to a card. If he comes back to where Man United is, he's going to have so much pressure on him to expectation to go and play well, score goals. Where for me, he's, he's earned uh, to finish the season at Real Madrid, have another year, earning the money he's in, living in his villa, living in the sun, and then going to America, Australia, and just seeing out the rest of his career in the sun and just enjoying his life because he's he's earned that right because. For me, he, he just enjoy. He should be enjoying his football now instead of. And you just know he's not, and that's that's a biggest shame for me. Mm-hmm. Kelly makes a good point there, though. If he does see out the final year of his contract, he will not be fit for the Euros for Wales, which I think he does care about. Um, and also, James says China have put a wage cap of fifty grand uh, yeah. per week, so that could knock that out. And also, Gaz said on uh, the YouTube chat that Bellamy did it. However, I think the Bellamy one is slightly different. Number one. Bellamy wasn't on anywhere near that amount of money. And also, um, in the Bellamy situation, Man City were happy to foot a large portion of the bill for that initial year, whereas uh, Madrid won, if they get rid of him, I think they want him off the bill completely because of the amount of money that he's earning. And also, you're talking, I think Bellamy was probably on like 100 grand a week. So you're talking Cardiff may have had to find like 30 or 40 grand, whereas Bale's on, I think... 500 grand a week something stupid he's the he's, he's the uh, he earns the most money per week from a wage for, uh, for any footballer in the world so there's not many Premier League clubs who can afford that kind of money regardless no, of I, that's why I said Man United Man City I think are the only two who would be able to um, yeah but yeah I think uh, Gareth Bale's a um, uh, Cardiff supporter as well though I believe because he was he's from Whitchurch isn't he but you know, it's it's a pipe dream, I think, and I I would I'd, honestly, if you gave me the choice between having Bale or Ramsey for Cardiff City, I would take Ramsey over Bale. Um, yeah. I know that seems stupid, but I just I just think Ramsey's a really special player, and um, 
I believe the Juventus only signed him to they signed him on a free so they could flog him for fifteen million in the next window. I think that that was their plan all along. But there we go. Anyway. How has the lockdown treated the Brazils? Let us hated let it. us find out. Hated it. Hated every minute of it, to be honest. Apart from when uh, you got to speak to me. Well, yeah. Apart from like the podcast and stuff like that, and speaking to family, because I'm on Facebook, obviously, and, and I've seen so many people on Facebook going, "Oh, I love lockdown. I've stayed <laughs> in. I've reevaluated myself and all that." Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I'm looking. I'm thinking, stop lying. You hate as much as everyone else. <laughs> I actually hated it because I'm an outdoor person and I'm a people person. I absolutely detested it. It was like, it, it was what it was, lockdown. I was going nuts. Going so nuts that like, I dyed my hair blonde one day because I was bored. <laughs> Another day is I'd sit in my window and sing to people out the window. It was just horrific. And now anyone who can say, oh yeah, fair enough, you can say like, oh, it was great to spend time with your family and stuff. I mean, my my daughter lives with her mum. Obviously, we're separated, but and I I didn't see her for like four weeks. Hated it, and she's ten years of age. You know, and her birthday was in lockdown as well. I hated everything about it. I mean, it was just. I mean, I understand. I mean, the amount of work that people who and key workers and and you know people who have worked in care homes who haven't seen their families for twelve, thirteen weeks. You know, it's for me. It's been like life was stopped. Hmm. Did I explain that well enough there? I? I just yeah, yeah. felt it out yeah. and it was just, no, well, I think it's all right. that's good. Yeah, but you know what I mean? That's, that's, the, that's the thing dealt for me. Social media, you know what I mean? It plays a it plays such a, a role in people's lives and, and sometimes it can be such a lie and such such um false false hope and you know what I mean? I look at it, you know what I mean? For me, if it wasn't for the nice weather or better weather what we had, you know, it would have been it would have been even worse because if this was in yeah. the winter it would just be an absolute nightmare, you know what I mean? Having having young kids, having to tell them that they can't go outside looking through the window, uh, you know what I mean? Having them in the garden, it was just an absolute nightmare. And, and when you see people, you know what I mean? It, I stuck to the guidelines as strict as I could. And, and when you see when you see Boris Johnson telling me that I'm allowed to go out for a one-hour exercise a day, I did, because that was what I'm told. So when you see people going for three-hour bike rides, four-hour bike rides, well, that annoyed me a little bit because, you know what I mean, yeah. I'm, doing what, I'm doing what I'm told to do and I'm doing, you know, I'm doing it because I want to get out of this as soon as I can. So when this dragged on longer than it should have done for me, um, that's because we didn't, everybody didn't do what we should have done. And, and that, like, that, that winds me up a little bit, you know what I mean, because obviously it's not going to win. It's, it's not going to go away for me for, for the foreseeable. So I'm just hoping, um, I'm just hoping that uh, that everyone can stay as safe as we can and we can just move on and, and get some mm. proper normality back. And I mean proper sport, uh, proper family time, proper mingling with friends and, and, and just, just get back to a life, just a, a, a life which is normal and not, not the new normal because the new normal is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> it don't help Very that they keep changing that. their mind though, does it? Do you the, know new Derek, like the new the, Derek Brazil hair is not normal, so we'll just go with it. Just go no, with it. It's, it's, it was a lot blonder than this, but I think, I don't know, it was just something just to do because, like, <laughs> you know, there was no football on the telly. I watched so many stuff on, on, on box sets and stuff. And and with my girlfriend, she just she just watches, like, cookery programs and people doing up houses. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't <clears> be doing with it. I can't be doing with it. And it was just horrific at times. Yeah. And, but the good thing was, when you said about social media, I found myself getting in touch with more people through either ringing them, people I hadn't spoken to in ages, FaceTiming them, and, and you know, and, and that was nice to actually reconnect with people. 
and have time to do it. But when I have too much time on my hands, I'm I'm a pain in the ass, boys. I've got to be fair. I I, yeah. I get very restless and stuff. So, so, Dal, you mentioned social media. Then I'm gonna skip yeah. right ahead. You open the door, so I'm gonna smash it down. Are Go you on, glad? Then. Are you glad that there was no social media when you were a player? Definitely. Why? Definitely because. Well. And camera phones. Oh, uh, listen, you know, I go out now and like, if I meet people now, they sometimes just say, oh, can we have a picture with you and all that? Which is great. I never refuse people. But in my era, players, particularly at Man United, and probably more so when I was in Cardiff, we would go, as players, we'd go out, you know, six, maybe ten of us go out. You know, we'd probably go out once during the week and then maybe a Saturday after a game. And, you know, not that we'd get up to anything bad, but... It was just people can take photographs and at, make things up about them. Yeah. You know, they could change could the narrative there. and the context. Exactly. Can't they? I could be, imagine years ago, you know, I'm married at the time. Someone says, can I have a photograph with you, with a girl or something with me? If that was Twitter now or something, you could just make any story you wanted. Mm. Just like that. Mm. So I think in our day and Andy's day, probably as well, um, I mean, social media is great now. And I think the lockdown has showed us social media can be used in the right way. But back in our day with the Cardiff City boys, there's no way you would want social media. I love it. I love it now because like you say, it's a good way to connect to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? But connect, connect in the right way. You know what I mean? I can have my opinion. You can have a rant and you can... Um, and you can do it in the right way, you know what I mean? And, and, and you can take it as, as light-hearted or as serious as you want to take it. Um, but going back to your point there, if you know what I mean, the, we could have, gotten the, could have gotten the pub on a Sunday afternoon and, and all it takes is, is, um, is somebody taking a photo of your table and seeing seven or eight pints and there's you, there's you on an all-day yeah. bender, you know what I mean? But that's just one drink and then you're going home and it's just everything's portrayed the to be something else. The difference else. between your day and our day, those seven or eight pints were probably ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, I know, I know they were. Yeah, they so, were probably they were. Hours, so. mm. you got yeah. you got you got you got to remember though, because uh, I I well, fortunately or unfortunately, you know what I mean. Fortunately on a, on a Sunday morning because the hangover kicked in, but it was um, the Brian Robson, Viv Anderson, God McQueen era. So they obviously learned their trait at Man United, and and I, I fell into that. Well, literally fell into it. You know what I mean? It was uh, it was a, it was a tough, Robson, school, tough school. Brian Robson, Viv Anderson, Norman Whiteside, Paul McGrath. Particularly the two boys. I was at United with Viv Anderson and Brian Robson, so I know exactly <laughs> they love the Sunday session. Yeah. So and they used yeah. to grab youngsters in and go, "Come on, you're all right, you're all right," because yeah. you used to look at them and go, "These are top lads and all that." You'd go. Yeah. But what you didn't realise was they were off on the Monday and you were in training. Mm. Listen, we used to, we used to, we used to get a phone call on a Sunday morning from the gaffer. The gaffer used to ring a Sunday morning and say, "We're, we're all meeting in the Black Bull on a in Yarm on a." Um, on a Sunday, so we meet there at eleven o'clock. We'd stay there till about four or five o'clock. He would leave. He'd stand up and leave. And his last, his last advice to everybody would be, make sure you're in training tomorrow. And then you get to training tomorrow. He wouldn't be there. He'd have his day. He'd have a day off because he's the manager. He does what he wants. And Robbo uh, was great, wasn't he? Did you get yeah, on with Robbo? Yeah, he was like a dad to me. He was, he was absolutely amazing. Yeah, he was like a, like, and, and I mean that, like a father figure. He was, you know, what I mean, he, mm. on and off the pitch, he was great and. Um, you know what I mean? He, he he taught me the best and probably the worst about about football and about you know what I mean the socialising and stuff because it's it, it brought it brought like the, the, the togetherness that that I saw you know what I mean from from a young boy 
going up to her, um, you know, until I left the club was just amazing. And he was just a, he was a hero off the pitch for me and a hero on the pitch because of I mean, I, I, I was, from the age of 17 to, say, 23, that was the years that I knew Robbo. And obviously he was, you know, England captain and, and obviously Man United captain and stuff. And, I mean, he was such an influence on all the youngsters, not just the first team, but his influence on all us youngsters. He always had time for you. He'd always come and see how you were and what you're doing, drop you hints and stuff and all that. But he was brilliant, Rob. Oh, I absolutely loved him. Loved him. Yeah, I love him. He's, 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 he's just amazing. He had a, he had a huge impact yeah. on my career. Give him my debut. And, and uh, when he did, when he, I mean, I've never made a, a secret of this. When he left Middlesbrough, something left, something left me. You know what I mean? It was just, uh, mm. I was heartbroken. And you know what I mean? It, it wasn't the same. So it was, it was just, yeah, it, I was, it was a really, really sad day. Derek, you mentioned there about um, you know back in the day there was a drinking culture, and I you know I don't think that was unique to United. There was uh, just a general thing, and I mean, even when I was in, so what am I now? I'm like coming, I'm forty next year, so like even when I was playing sport you're in my twenties, you're older than forty. No, <laughs> I um, even when I was playing sport in my early twenties. There was still like a drinking culture everywhere, just in you know, in amateur sport and that. But but like back in your day there was there, these days it's changed. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that that culture has largely gone for within the squads and the teams? Because for me, I think it builds such a togetherness that I wonder whether it has an impact on how team spirit is generally Listen, don't don't be fooled teams now they still have a good old drinking bonding session they just but do it in the mansions it's somewhere private it's somewhere you know that the, the players are there's no one else and they'll sit down not on our day where we we'd end up going to the wine press in town or the bank or whatever it's i mean but the difference now with, with the drinking culture and, and be able to do that there's so much more at stake now players are on what 15 Average players in the championship were on twelve to fifteen grand a year. Sorry, a week. 12, 12 to fifteen grand a week. Whereas we were on what four, five hundred quid. So it was just I'm not saying that's different, but there's more responsibilities of players now. And there's so many checks in terms of you know how fit you are and, and what they test you for and stuff like that. But don't get me wrong, if if four or five of the boys want to go on a session, they'll go on one. But it'll be very private. I don't think we can change that mentality of 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 players brought up. Yeah, well, and and I think that, and and I don't think it's a bad thing as long as it's done in the right the, the right time yeah. in the right place. You know what I mean? Because we all we all need a release, and whatever that release is, it works and it and it helps. You know what I mean? That you look at um, the celebrating what Leeds United have been doing, what Liverpool have been doing. Yeah, they're still allowed to do it, but you don't see them in a pub or falling out of a pub or a nightclub. They do it in a hotel behind closed doors in a room. Somebody's put a video on Instagram or something and, and people are dancing, having fun. But yeah, every single one of them players has got a bottle of lager in the hand. Leeds United's bus yeah. on Sunday after yeah. the derby game. Every single player's got a, a, a bottle of lager in the hand. And, and rightly so. So they should. They deserve it. They've had a, they've had a tough season. But at the same time, fans understand. You know what I mean? If that's a team who's got relegated as well, for me, it's the same thing. Players are allowed to have their own time and their downtime, and and however they decide to do it, as long as it doesn't affect their their performance and and their ability to go and play and they're willing to go and play, then for me, I'm I'm all, I'm all I'm all fine with it. Indeed, hundred percent, mate. Um, so, uh, Derek uh, Donna Perry says, 
can you tell the story about you, Lee Sharp, Keith, and Keith Gillespie uh, on the bus where you had a photo taken, which became your avatar pic? Wanted to ask at the time, but didn't want it to appear nosy. Uh, is it after nine o'clock? Just yeah, half past nine. That that was what taken was last October in okay. Bulgaria, where we went for four days. Uh, Man United Legends game, and um, we'd had a long journey on the bus, and then mm-hmm. we had a night out after the game, and then we um, we I, I couldn't find literally we couldn't find our um, hotel, so we we stayed out. And uh, we we had uh, a few drinks, so we had about an hour's break. You know, this is and you know what, ex players, Andy, you'll tell you, when you get together, you know, we're in the fifties, somewhere in the sixties, and you just think, wow, I'm out again. I can mm. just get, uh, let's have a drink. Now, how long can I stay up? And you stay up till about seven in the morning, and then you're on the coach to go somewhere else the next day. And someone tapped me and caught. I think David May threw something at me, so I turned around like that half asleep and then someone took a photo and obviously sent it to me and that was my avatar <laughs> so it was just me just trying to be young again and looking about 90 Excellent. but it was probably Keith Gillespie and, and, and the boys felt really for keeping me out because I wanted to go home about 12 yeah. o'clock at night yeah right you did mm. what oh, um, my dance moves up boys <laughs> James Costley asks what was your the, the best moment of your career Derek Best, oh, best moment of my career. Apart from this. Yeah, well. well this just this beats it all. I mean, it's the pinnacle. Best of my career. It's difficult to say that because I've had quite a few. I mean, representing Ireland was, was, was amazing. And having Jack Charlton involved as, you know, he was involved in the B squad when we beat England 4-1. Uh, and Jack Charlton was, um, <laughs> was always around the place. And, you know, God rest his soul, he was, he was an amazing man, him. T- tell, um, people, Lord, tell people, Lord Derek, how, how, uh, how important it was for you, you know what I mean, being a proud Irishman to, to, to represent your country. Because, you know what I mean, it, to, he was, for me, it's a pinnacle of your career, isn't it, for me? Oh, he's a, he, was, he was a god in Ireland. They absolutely loved them. I mean, to the point, I've heard some of the stories recently, but the Irish people absolutely... Now, now you, you know what the Irish people like at times. You're very wary of the English people because you're from the mainland, right? But Jack Charlton's come over there and to actually... An Englishman to manage Ireland and to, to take him to the tournaments he did do and capture the imagination of Ireland, Ireland fans in particular, absolutely revered to the point that he could fish anywhere in Ireland. He didn't need a permit, just go where he wanted. Never paid for drinks because he'd sign checks and the, and the landlord would never cash the check in. He'd put it on the wall behind and frame it. Never bought for a drink in his life. But in terms of him, he brought a winning mentality to Ireland the Ireland team. And you had some good footballers in that team as well. No decent footballers, but he had a system. And his system was to get the ball as quickly as forward and play in their area. And he was he was he was such a, a top man to know and to, to be able to play for as well, even though it was in, under the in the B internationals. A great man. Great man he was and um and, and, I think and the, he, the, he, the the tough thing for you though, Derek, at the, at the time when you came through, especially the Ireland team, how how strong that team was getting as well, though. You know what I mean? How strong the group was because, they, you know yeah. I mean? It, it had a really, really strong group and I, and, I, and I do put that down to the manager, you know, that he, that he, well, he in inherited a really good side. I think it was 1990, I played for the B squad and we beat England 4-1 in Cork and they, they had Tony Adams and people playing. 
And I missed out on the on the squad in 1990 by about three places. And I think if I'd have been probably further down my career at United, then I probably would have had more of a chance. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the reasons why I left. In um, in hindsight, uh, Dal, is have you got like a bit of kind of uh, I don't know disappointment or frustration that you didn't make uh, you know like the the first team of the Irish because you represented them at various levels, twenty ones, yeah. the B team. Um, you know, youth levels. Is there like a bit of frustration looking back, or are you, you know, you're happy with the, the exceptional career that you had? Probably. For, I mean, probably. I'm very frustrated. I didn't play for the the senior team. Yeah. Probably more so for my family. Um, yeah. But I mean, look, if you get to put your shirt, your national shirt on at any level, it's such a major thing for you. It's. it's I can't describe. Andy could probably describe it as well. You you can't describe it. It's a no. different feeling than making your debut for your club or, mm. or one of my better memories at, at Cardiff City is, you know, the we got promoted against Shrewsbury. I also um, don't think, Derek, that you expect it as well. And, and, and you know, I know this, this might sound a bit corny and a bit stupid, but, you know what I mean? I think when you play football, you expect to play for your club because there's yeah. an expectation that you should do. But your country, for me, is that bonus. And, and, and when you get that call up, you're still probably not expecting to play. You're just thinking, I'm making the numbers up. And then when you get on the bench, I'm, I'm not going to get on. And then what? Then you get on or you start and you, and then you get the cap or you get your shirt. And it's just, the, 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 for me, it's the, the pinnacle of, of any young boys or any, any dream. You know what I mean? For me, I've always, I've always been a proud Englishman. I've always wanted to play for my country. You know what I mean? You see how, how proud the Gareth Bales are for this world to play um, for his country. And obviously Derek's no, no different wanting to play for, for Ireland, you know, so it's... Uh, uh, same thing. It's just it's such a highlight sighter um, to, to play for your country, and, and you know, no, and no one can ever take it away from you because when it's happened, it's happened, and, and, it, and it is what it is. And you know what I mean? It's it's just yeah, it, like, I, I get Derek's frustration that he that he wished he had, but you know what I mean? He, he got further down the line than a lot of a lot of people did, so he should have been proud of what he what he achieved. Yeah, I think um, I think Dale's frozen up a bit there, um, so we'll go on. Um, so one of the questions. Um, and which I'll ask uh, Derek now is Lee asked Derek who's the biggest drinker he's come across in all the clubs that you've been at um, and could they keep up with you so I'll ask the same question to you oh, could they keep up with me I, I, I think it was the other way around um, I was um, I was fortunate to, to obviously be around uh, the Brian Robsons the Viv Andersons uh, the Gordon McQueens the Paul Gascoigne's um, the Paul Mersons you know what I mean so there was a obviously a Quite a, a huge drinking culture um, at the time in, within within football when I when I came through and um, you know what I mean it, it, socialising was it was played a big part and it was it was play hard party harder you know what I mean it, it was it was great it was a really 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 nice time to uh, to be involved and, and and play football because it was you know what I mean but you didn't want to you didn't want to not join in because you didn't want to alienate yourself from from doing that but did, could I keep up with them no mm -hmm. because they were they were seasonal pros at it. Um, you know, what I mean, you you have your own little group, your own little crew where you uh, where you go out, and it's a little bit more civilized, and um, it doesn't cost you as much money, and it's uh, and it's it's nice. But it's listen, drinking and socializing had a had a huge impact in eras, and in especially my era and Derek's era. But um, I still I still believe it happens now because people need a release. Yeah, hundred percent. They just do it in the houses, probably a lot more. Yeah, um, and they're in their own bars and things. Yeah. So uh, just while we wait for Derek to come back in, we'll um, we'll discuss what we're doing on Wednesday. 
Yeah, so Wednesday, Wednesday it'll be really fun. I'm, re I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to um, be something different. Think, yeah, well, I think I think because um, because there's so much at stake uh, for loads of clubs. Um, if anybody doesn't know, we are doing a, a watch along to like Gillette, Gillette Soccer Saturday or Wednesday, whatever it'll be called on on Wednesday. So obviously all the goals going in. We're going to talk about all the goals which are affecting the championship. Um, obviously Cardiff getting the playoffs, Middlesbrough escaping relegation, um, West Brom or Brentford getting promoted, um, Swansea sitting miss, missing out on um, on the playoffs. Um, and a relegation to be to be dealt with. It's going to be it's going to be such a good show and some, something what a lot of people have been asking for. So we've we've uh, we've caved in um, and we're going to give it a go because if it works, we're going to hopefully watch a live game towards the end of the season. If not playoffs, maybe it's a uh, a cup final. Hopefully we've spoke about, haven't we? We won't. Uh, yeah, we won't so you've anything, got anything more. We've got what well, we've got Champions League, Europa League, playoff final, championship playoff final, final, uh, final, Champions League. Europa League, there's loads, isn't there? Yeah, there's plenty of games which we could do. So if if this is something which you're which you're keen to for us to explore, I'm uh, get involved. I mean, I'm very happy to to do it. As I say, it's something that listen, we started this side, didn't we? What twelve weeks ago, thirteen weeks ago, and this is this is took off to another level. And I can't believe the situation and, and where we are now. <laughs> we've got we've got we've got guests um, like Derek Brazil. We had Emil Heskey, Stewie Downing, Charlie Adams, um, Robert Earnshaw. Graham Kavanagh, Member Dalman, Adrian Bevington. Um, apologies if I've missed you out. Um, it's just it has been too many yeah. to mention, and it's just and been, there's some great, it's been great ones still to come and as some, well, mate. Well, and and the list we've next got next few weeks in the next the next month to six weeks is is endless, and it's it's a uh, it's a credit to us for the hard work that we've put in, and it's also a credit to to you guys because everybody who's who's watched we couldn't do it without your help and support, and and Wednesday is going to be. Um, Hopefully they give some back to you a lot. So and we've got some some good plans as well for um, for a supporters evening as well, haven't we? So uh, watch this space. Watch this space. Yeah, you got some fun stuff planned, ready for when the season finishes, and we got a few weeks of uh, yeah of no championship. So we instead of ending the Friday show, we're going to keep it going. But we're going to vary it up a bit. We're going to have a couple of guests. We're going to mm. do some bits and pieces. So Sorry, keep um, your eyes peeled. Stick Lee's Lee's got Lee's put a question on the um, on the thing. Stick it on, please. Um, listen, that that does not surprise me one little bit. You know that um, I did hear a whisper when uh, when he took over that he wasn't interested in um, in, in taking a penny. No, he I, was, I, uh, um, I heard he, he doesn't want the job next year either. He, uh, you know, what I mean, I think. Listen, he's got a really good relationship with Steve Gibson. Um, when I spoke to him. Two years ago, um, when I came down to watch Cardiff against Middlesbrough, um, he told me that uh, we had a good chat. By the way, he told me that there was one football club which he had a regret in not not managing, and that was Middlesbrough Football Club because he's had a, an amazing relationship with the chairman, and and that was his only regret that he turned him down that many times. I think he turned him down six or seven times in his life, which is just crazy. So he never thought he, he was going to get an opportunity, and then and then listen, I do believe he saved my football club. I do believe that. They wouldn't be in the championship next season if it wasn't for Sunil Warnock doing what he's doing. And, and he listen, he's had an absolutely amazing career. And I was absolutely devastated for him the way the way it finished at Cardiff City. So for me, if um if he can keep Middlesbrough up on Wednesday, which I do believe he will, um, and he wants to pack in and never manage again, that's for me that's a perfect way to go out. He's left it he's left he's left his career, his season on a high, because I, he probably would have left Cardiff after the season, which could have been in the Premier League, it could have been in the playoffs, and that would have been a special season as well. So, um, 
he's he's done he's done exactly what 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 he, what he needed to and what it says on the tin because he yes. is that good. Hundred percent, mate. I think. Um... Yeah, it didn't end great with him for Cardiff. So if he can finish his career by saving Middlesbrough, I think that's a nice way for him to go out. Um, I think you are tempting fate. You are with Middlesbrough staying up, Cardiff are getting in the playoffs. You're trying to kill no, no. me. No, um, no. Listen, listen, listen. I've got, I've got faith. I've got faith because there's, there's, there's method in me madness. You know, I've, I've studied every, every eventuality possible. Every for me. permutation. Cardiff City need a point. I can't see that not, never, not happening. Um, uh, Middlesbrough have to lose against Sheffield Wednesday and then the, the three below them Birmingham uh, Luton Town and uh, Hill they have to win and I just can't see it happening you know Barnsley can't catch them but they can still stay up but they can't catch Middlesbrough um, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be catastrophic if Middlesbrough go down of course it will but if they do slip through the, the, the trap door and um, then the the three worst teams and deserve to go down, but I just I just can't see it happening. I can't see every team below them winning and them losing on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, I, no, I do agree. It's just you know superstition there. So uh, a couple yeah. of comments there. Um, Richie says, um, has there been a specific date for the new season to start? Will there be, or do you think a winter break could come into the Premier League and the Football League like they have in Germany? Richie, we spoke about this on uh, on Friday, uh, and this was a little bit one of my one of my bugbears. I had a bit of a rant about it that the EFL has come out with a, a ridiculous start date with two dates on it, and they're not mm. even consecutive weeks. The, the 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 one week and then miss a week and the following two weeks. So it's confusing, um, and I'm not sure whether they're all starting at the same time as well. I know obviously there's going to be no supporters in the grounds. I, I, I presume no one's no one's confirmed that, but I'm just presuming. Um, for me, UEFA should just say football's starting the new season 2020-2021 on this date end yeah. of, and then everyone knows get fit for this date, we're starting the season, and then, and then it's clear it's clear at the minute, it's as, it's as clear as mud and everyone's starting on different days some probably won't start um, and, and and everyone's confused because we all just we all just want to we all want to be run the same way, and that's in, in England, Scotland, Germany, France Sweden, in you know what I mean, we all want to, we all want to be running the same, in the same way. I know Sweden have a different season than we, we do. So that's a ridiculous statement, but um, for me, starting the same day, and then and then we move on because Champions League for next season is going to have to start on 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 a, a certain day. So you know, well, I mean, mate, and, this and, is and what we've been saying this. in lockdown, wasn't it? Is FIFA yeah. should have stepped in and just said, right, this is the date the seasons are finishing or this is this, this is the, but they just don't want to seem to take responsibility. Uh, Craig says Cardiff have released season ticket prices today and go on sale from Wednesday. What do you think about uh, that when nobody knows when supporters will be allowed back in? Uh, Confused. Jack Jack started to sell theirs in December. I'm confused and I'm confused because um, if you're not allowed in until January, do you pay now and then only pay for the half of the season, or, or, or are clubs doing it so they get they, they get the money? And listen, I'm not having to go to Cardiff City here. Every every single club's going to do the same thing. But uh, a, a, a fans getting the money back if they don't go to games. Well, I mean, what they could do is they could give him the I follow thing, couldn't they? In the in yeah. the time being yeah. or something, and then yeah, it's just a strange one, Si. It's it's not like um, it's it's different. It's it's uncertain times. I do I do, I do fully understand and. Um, and I know some teams are, are really struggling financially. Cardiff are lucky that they've got a, um, 
a chairman in the football club who's, who's who's run the right way. But you know what I mean. That, that we spoke earlier about there's clubs who who were run uh, very differently uh, and are going to really struggle and, and need supporters through the gates to for their for their financial survival really, which is uh, which is which is quite scary. And Craig says no full pay, no refund, just online viewing. Uh, Kelly says the iFollow would only be for home games, which I can't believe that is the case, but I suppose season tickets for home games. Um, Richie says he hasn't heard anything about renewing his season ticket yet. And he also says none of them clowns know what they're doing uh, half the time. The reports say that fans would possibly be allowed during October internationals. It's England versus Wales on October the 8th at Wembley. I think he's all about FIFA there. Um, I'm yeah. just waiting for Derek to Derek's type in. Right, we'll see what he says now. Um, um, so, if you've got any questions, guys, send them in. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, I can't wait. Uh, can't wait for Wednesday. It'll give us a. It'll give us a. Give us a chance to try something different. Give us a chance to talk about something that we've had a passion in. Because everyone who's followed us since the start of the season, we've we've studied the the championship inside <laughs> and out. So to to finish the way that we're finishing. Um, I'm really excited about because um, you know that we we made we made we made all these silly predictions at the start of the season. So if anybody's followed all the way through and remembers um, Preston, um, remembered Blackburn, um, every time we pick a team, and I think that's size points. We curse every, time, every time I pick a team, we do curse them. But I look at I look at Swansea side on, on Wednesday. They're playing the, probably the most informed side in the league in Reading. So, you know I mean? They've got a really hard game. Uh, Mark Bourne won't, won't want to do them any favours. Um, no. You know I mean? He's, he's going to want to finish the season on a, on a high. He's got next season in mind. He's, for me, he's, he's, he's potentially going to get manager of the month. Um, if he's... Uh... <laughs> so, <laughs> Derek just uh, sent me a message saying his phone blew up in his hand. So, um he can't uh, he can't do anything at the moment um and he won't charge it it won't charge you and do anything um so he said uh, he's he'll come back uh, at a different time uh which is a bit gutting because we were just kind of getting going and and we didn't really touch on it too much of his career which is a shame but um i figured there was some sort of issue because he kind of disappeared and didn't didn't uh, didn't message or anything um, yeah, so apologies because obviously that's twice in uh, in three weeks. So uh, yeah, we've um, we've got technology, some, mate. Yeah, we've got some amazing guests um, coming. Uh, by the way, over the next uh, over the next few weeks, so uh, we might even be able to uh, announce next Monday's guest side if I can. Uh, yeah, go on, you crack on, on mate. If I can get on me, get on me, get on me. Phone Make sure you've got it the right there. order though, because. Um, Exactly. I think the one you told me yesterday was the wrong way around, but was it, was I might really? be wrong. Yeah, I think so. But I can't yeah. get I can't get I can't get my phone at the minute because uh, Derek's trying to ring me. Is he really? <laughs> he doesn't realise we're still alive, I don't think. Um, so yeah, guys, send in some questions and we'll we'll answer some questions to finish off. Um, and make sure, like I say, spread the word about Wednesday because we will. You know, if we get a good good audience and people are getting involved and enjoying it on Wednesday, then we'll do some more towards the end of the season with the finals, the playoff finals, Champions League and all that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, we can't uh, can't do anything about technology at the moment. It's, it's frustrating. But, um, yeah, so it next, is what it is. Um, next Monday, so Monday the 27th of July, we have got a uh, Welsh 
international footballer. Uh, named of David Cottrell. So I'm really excited to have David on the show. Um, he's been a long-time um, target of us both. Uh, so uh, he's got such an interesting story, by the way. So please uh, please tune in and, and, uh, and get your questions at the ready because he's obviously had... Uh, he's a big big believer in uh, mental health. He's, uh, he's had an amazing career. He obviously played a big part for his country. Um, very good club career, scored plenty of goals, big goals in big games. So, uh, really excited to uh, to have David on the show next Monday. So it'll be uh, it'll be really, really, really good. Yeah, it'll be interesting, mate. I think, won't it? Um, I'm really looking forward to having a chat with him. Obviously, former Wales international, played for Swansea, um, born in Cardiff, which is uh, an interesting combination. He grew up a Cardiff City fan, so. Be an interesting conversation to you know just to hear about the kind of logistics of that. I used to take dreadful abuse. I've talked about it before on shows, like about the some of the things they used to get said to him when he was warming up for Swansea as a sub. Unbelievable. Um, Lee there says Cardiff have said if the stadiums are opened with reduced capacity, then season ticket holders will get priority. Um, and also Craig says if you have to go into a self isolation, uh, you still pay. Uh, I can see the club needs to plan as the transfer windows open. I suppose they have got to raise money, haven't they? So, well, listen, Simon, they're, they're a business end of the day. You know, what I mean, Mehmet obviously came on um, and told us the situation the club's in at the minute, and it's it's a scary situation. So the club needs everybody's support, and and that's the same as any football club, by the way. So you know, what I mean, it's a Middlesbrough, it's Cardiff, it's Brentford, it's Derby. Um, the world in a the world's in a financial mess and football's no different because play, footballers are still getting paid. They're still doing their job, but at the minute, football clubs aren't making the money what they need to survive. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. They've got to do what they've got to do, I suppose. But it just, it's just the lack of communication and clarity, which I think people find frustrating. Um, yeah, David Cottrell plays for Barry Town at the moment. Um, right, OK. James, James asked, asked a good question. Yeah, Go I was on. just going back to that there. Hmm. Um. Uh, easy and hard so I'll explain that so it was easy for me because obviously there was, there was English players there but um, hard in, in terms of I understood the English and Welsh divide I understood the hostility between um, Cardiff and English supporters so you know what I mean but the, listen if you run through a brick wall for a football club and you try your hardest going into every every, every game and every training session then supporters are going to respect you as, as one of their own and I spent uh, I spent a good a good a good and a very happy four years at Cardiff City and um, and I love the place and I've got a, and I've got a really good relationship with probably about ninety nine percent of Cardiff City fans so um, they've treated me well and I've and I've and I've also repaid the favour as well so but it's uh, it's difficult I, I remember I, I'll tell a story I went to um, I went to watch Wales against England at the Millennium Stadium in a in a World Cup qualifier and I sat in the Wales end. Um, and uh, watching the game and, and uh, England had a goal disallowed and a few England fans jumped up around me and um, got themselves in a bit of bother because obviously it wasn't the right thing to do and uh, and, and, uh, and and as the game was going on it was nil-nil going into the last five minutes and then Joe, I don't know if you remember but Joe Cole scored and I think he scored just before the end um, it must have been about 88th, 87th minute um, to, to, to pop up and score the winner and the amount of people who English fans just potted, spotted around where I was sat was just crazy. And it was just like, mm -hmm. I, listen, I, I was a proud Englishman. I wanted to jump up and celebrate uh, the, the, the goal of my uh, my country. But I also had respect for people who I was with and respect for where I was sat to think, 
that is, this isn't happening, you know. So I, I did the right thing, and when England scored straight away, I got up off my seat once things had calmed down and went out and celebrated in my own little way in the streets because it was just the just the right thing to do. But it was just, mm. I think, I think the 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 my point is that um, English people do get maybe sometimes a raw deal um, if. To come from certain clubs, but you know what I mean. For me, as like I said, if you put if you run through a brick wall, Neil Harris, Swansea City, played for Cardiff City. Uh, sorry, not, not Swansea City. Played for played and managed Millwall, came to Cardiff City. You know what I mean? The fans, the fans adore him now. You know what I mean? Because he's doing the right thing and he's and he's working wonders for the football club. So you know what I mean? People's fortunes can can be turned around very quickly. Indeed, they can. I got some more breaking news. Uh, Mr. Derek Brazil will be joining us on Wednesday. Uh, for the watch along for a little bit, if, oh, okay. uh, if that's all right with you, sir. All oh, right, okay. But uh, he, he he said he sends his apologies. He feels a big, he feels very guilty that he was uh, not able to complete the show because he was really enjoying it. Um, so we'll uh, say that hopefully we can work something out for Wednesday. Even if he doesn't join us for the whole show, he'll pop in and join us and uh, answer some questions of the people. So yeah, spread the word. So people can get their answer questions answered, and uh, and we'll talk some championship and see uh, watch Cardiff blow it in so the, uh, the support, final seconds. Whoever you support, come and come and come and join us. You know, just just stick it on while you're watching the while you're watching along with the um, with the results going in, the goals going in. Because from from half past seven kickoff, it's going to be electric. Because the the I'm guessing people are going to be down one minute, up the next, promoted one minute. Yeah. In the playoffs, the next outside the playoffs, inside the playoffs, it's going to be, it's going to be an, an, an eventful evening because everything's to play for apart from the league title. Everything is to play for. Oh yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be like our own little version of uh, of like Soccer Saturday or whatever Sky Sports News, isn't it? So yeah. um, it'll be interesting. See if it works. See if people are interested in it. And if they are, we'll 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 keep doing them and extra content and stuff. And you know. It's a good way to do it, and you know, uh, there's there's other ways we can do it as well in the future if people do like it. Whereby, you know, I, I can watch one game, you can watch a game. We can have Sky Sports News on as well, and we can, you know, we can do whatever. And we can do watch-alongs for Cardiff games, Borough games, like you say, it's loads of stuff. But uh, plenty to do. Um, so it's all thrown me a bit there with Derek having to leave. Uh, prematurely which is a shame because I was enjoying it but can't do much about that unfortunately technology is what it is and uh, it's completely out of our mine and mine and Andy's hands unfortunately but uh, yeah is what it is um, subscribe to the YouTube channel guys spread the word uh, we've got lots of lots of really good guests um, and I think it's the next few weeks are particularly good for Welsh football fans whisper it don't tell anyone yep but uh, David Mass- David Cottrell massive. next week, massive, yeah, and uh, they uh, they only get better after that. Massive thank you to Black Diamond Sports as always, and of course uh, Bespoke Financial and Dan Ralston for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate their support and uh, time. Wednesday, uh, quarter past seven, mate. Uh, yeah, yeah, live live at quarter past seven. Yeah, quarter past seven. We'll be here live, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Subscribe to youtube.com slash Nation. And uh, Kelly just guessed, is Gareth Bale coming on the show? 
Maybe. 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 The, the growth, the rapid of the growth, potentially you probably will. At some point he will be, I'm sure. Because that's where it's going at the moment. It's getting ridiculous. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in. Again, apologies. Um, technical, hitch, technical hitches cannot be helped, as uh, Richie just said in the comments. But still frustrating and still disappointing. So thank you all for joining us. And uh, we thank will you. see you. Wednesday, quarter past seven for the watch along for the last day of the championship season. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want. You're the one I trust. And I'll always be around when I need some love and Podcast Network.